between us in a river so deep. We keep pretending that there's nothing wrong. There's a code of silence and it can't go on. Hi folks, I am Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on August the 18th, 2009. Time is certainly flying. For newcomers, look into cuttingthroughthematrix.com website. Look at the front page, scroll down, and you'll see all the sites I have up there and bookmark them because in, in the future, as has happened in the past, some of the main sites will go down and rather than just email me as to what's happened, you can always hopefully get the audio of the previous night shows on one of the alternate sites. You've got cuttingthrough.jenkins.com, cuttingthroughthematrix.net.us.ca, and there's also Alan Watt, cuttingthroughthematrix.ca, and lastly you have Alan Watt, sentinel.eu. And on that last site, the European site, you can get transcripts as well of quite a lot of the audios uh, written in the various languages of Europe for download and print up. You can pass it around to your friends. And we've got to keep the uh, information flowing today while we have a chance. Although, mind you, we're up against a, a mountain, obviously, of uh, authorized media and propaganda. And eventually they, they'll cut off the little guy altogether, especially when they go into the new cloud system as we're talking about, because it's going to be rather expensive to have a site up, and it's even going to cost people to go into sites and look at them. And therefore only the big boys, you know, the big standard Fox and CNN and so on, will have, and the BBC will give you all of your news. That's what they've always been after. Now that everyone's hooked on the computer, they hope, and they're probably right, most folk will just carry on into the new system. And as long as they're getting propaganda from somewhere, they don't mind if it's true or not. That's the sad truth about humanity. Now remember, too, this is probably the only show out there where it doesn't have any spin on it. There's nothing to gain from the bad news, except perhaps some enlightenment, as, as I like to call it, very popular word, uh, for those who are looking for truth and facts. And when you realize the facts, no, it's not pleasant at all. But then the history of the world hasn't been pleasant. It's always been about domination by uh, one person, a clique of people, uh, or governments. It's the same thing. It's just power over the herd, as I like to call us all at the bottom, by those who have been born into positions of power or families of power. Classes, in other words. Though Marx said it was a class war, and all he was wanting to do was to basically bring in a new elite of specialists to rule over the masses. That's what we have worldwide, to be honest with you. And that's why the West funded communism into existence, the fastest way to standardize a planet and a system worldwide uh, than, than any other system ever devised. So you have a, a small clique of wealthy people across the world living on the top with a massive bureaucracy beneath them, managing all the masses in every facet of their life, including all of their standard education worldwide. And then you have the masses at the bottom. That's, that's what they think is a perfect system. We're post-democratic, as they call it. Democracy will have too many competing parties with different wants and demands, etc., for any agenda, you see, to be carried through. And that's what the Club of Rome concluded back in the 1970s. 
that's what's in, in the world today. So keep me going by your donations. That's the only way to do it. It costs cash to keep flowing this stuff out. As I say, there's no breaks here. There's no weekends off. There's always a crisis pops up and something has to be done. That takes up your time. And you can always find the PayPal buttons and my websites. And you can also use personal checks within the U.S. and Canada. Be back with more after these messages. And that's the big joke with the upper bureaucracy and the federal governments. And I've had it 
told me about a few of them in different countries that everybody works for the government. So we're in Animal Farm, whether you like it or not. Now, last night, late on, I tuned in my rabbit ears on the little TV thing I have here into the public broadcasting network. And once in a while, in amongst the massive propaganda, and if you want propaganda, you go into public networking because they're all funded by foundations generally. Once in a while, you get something coming through that's not about the environment and so on, or old repeats of the BBC. And last night, there was a repeat of the BBC on a history uh, talk on the real Nazi Soviet system. And I've mentioned the video you can get. It's called The Soviet Story that gives for the first time to the general public uh, an awful lot of information, which has always been known by every government and every major media because they have incredible archives of information. And they can dig up these newsreels when they want them, and they can show it to the public and give you more information. Now, remember, you come to your opinions by the information that's presented to you. And it's just as easy as to withhold another part of information to give you an incomplete picture, which will give you a completely different view of the past or even the present. That's a common technique that's used. It's by omission, not by inclusion. And I've noticed in these exposés on the Soviet system and the Nazi Germany, remember they were both socialist systems, the same system that's in place now, in fact. Which brings me to my point, because in this history thing about Auschwitz, you see in Birkenau and so on, for the first time, here's the BBC that always had this footage, etc., and this information, uh, talking about how they set them up to be work camps initially with a deal between the Nazi party and IG Farben. IG Farben was an umbrella group. They make these umbrella names under legalities as a corporation, you might say. But it was made up of all the Western uh, international corporations, like IBM was a big part of it. The big chemical companies of the West were part of it. I think there was General Electric, IT&T were part of it. Uh, Standard Oil was part of it. All these big boys from the West created the war machine for Nazi Germany. And even though I'm telling you who was included in IG Farben, here's the BBC exposing for the first time, supposedly, that, uh, that Farben put up the cash and the Nazis built the camps and they built a, a Nazi town next to it to be at the perfect model Nazi town where they do all work in the camps or to do with the camps. But when they mentioned IV, IV, uh, B. Farben, that's all they did. They didn't go into what made up IG Farben. Why not? They know it all. They've got all the archives there. They probably have the pictures and interviews with all the members of IG Farben and all of these corporations. But it's not time, obviously, to pull all that load out yet. And in this documentary, it talked about how, just like the Soviet story, same thing, the Nazis went to the communists at first when they were all palsy-wowsy, and they'd signed their Hitler-Stalin pact. And the Nazis wanted to know how to kill massive amounts of people and dispose of them efficiently. And you see, the Russians had already been at it for about 30 years, you see. So they were the experts in mass killings and mass removals and burials and so on. That was interesting. But then they also went into when the Nazi party met and talked about making the Soviet Union, once they'd conquered it, they thought they were going to conquer it, they make it the, 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 the Egypt, you might say, of, of uh, 
the Nazi regime. Egypt, you see, supplied Rome with most of its foodstuffs and grain. So they're going to make the, the Soviet Union the, the big farming community to feed the Nazi regime and the, the Nazi countries. And they said at the table, the first step would be, would be to get the people, the, the, the communist Soviet people, once they conquered them, to reduce their consumption. Now, where have you heard that term before? It's because it's, I've been reading it off from top politicians and prime ministers for the last few weeks and months. We're hearing that now. You've got to eat less and consume less. So reduce consumption was the first step. And that's a direct quote from this particular BBC documentary from the translation. And they said that would cause uh, in itself by forced, you know, uh, reduced consumption, masses of deaths and, and starvation. That would obviously follow. But the first thing you go after is not just the food that you want for the Nazi regime. You go after the people who also are growing the stuff and need it themselves. So you make them reduce their consumption, you see. And as it went on in this particular story of what they used the camps for, which were really big factory camps, they'd the idea being they'd work the people to a state of or staggering, they'd be the walking dead. And once they did that, they'd mark them down for euthanasia once they were burned out, you see, and then more would take their place. And a lot of them, an awful lot of them, were actually uh, Soviet soldiers that had been captured. You know, lots and lots of them. The Germans hated them. And they did the early experimentation on euthanasia with the Soviets that they captured. And what was interesting, too, was they looked to see uh, who was already doing it. Now, they had their hygienic laws already passed in the Nazi Germany about racial uh, marriages, etc., interracial marriages, and that was all forbidden. But they also had a massive campaign on eliminating the weak and unfit, as they called it. And they put out tremendous propaganda about what they called idiots, people who were, uh, had mental problems or were mentally deficient, as they called it, um, from birth or whatever, or genetic problems. And so they already had people and teams of people who were in hospitals and euthanized. They called them the Adult Euthanasia Program. That was just what it came under, the Adult Euthanasia Program. And when they said that, I said, okay, now we've got, uh, we've got to reduce consumption, and then we've got the Adult Euthanasia Program. And I immediately thought about, well, just went after Obama got in, that they had their first supposedly open government-authorized uh, euthanasia for, for Washington State. We already had, uh, two or three years ago, the, the, the Terry Schiavo case, where a judge ordered that she be basically killed. And I, and I thought, this is the same system. What you're seeing, you understand, is the same system, which shouldn't surprise any of us coming into play. Uh, in this BBC documentary, how do you dispose of all the bodies? They had tremendous problems, and they tried all kinds of things. Because efficiency was very important. And these characters at the top of all these countries, including the present world regime, are control freaks. They, they love efficiency. That's what all the bureaucrats now are supposed to do, find ways to make things efficient. We see, in the last few years, the build-up of, of uh, import, importing and then setting up factories in the Chicago area to build these new coffins to deal with massive plague outbreaks. I've read the story last year, I think it was, where they came out with this new kind of acid uh, compound 
they could just put the bodies in, many, many bodies, it would completely degrade, biodegrade the bodies, and it was biodegradable itself. After a while, you just pour it on the soil, they said, and it didn't harm the, the good old Mother Earth. And I thought, it's the same regime. And of course, just like the Soviets and the, the Nazis had their Darwinian plan, and it came from those who followed Darwin and Darwin himself, uh, we have our list today of priority groups that will be saved and those who are not to be saved. And that's what I'm going to go into after this break. understand what you see in the past or see from the past, you can equate it with today because it's all much the same, you see. But Plato talked about formula for controlling people and getting them to do the bidding of the ruling elite, the dominant minority, because he said that formulas, you see, everything is a formula. Whatever humankind has been made to do in the past can be made to be happening to do again, we can do it again if you know the formula and reintroduce it the same way as the last formula that works. That's why when you look at the past and you see uh, what the Nazis did and the Soviets too, uh, it was, was forced a reduction of consumption, food intake, etc. Now I've read articles in the past few weeks where they've talked about you've got to cut out your meat, cut it down, blah, blah, and maybe cut it and then cut it out altogether. Then you're left with your GMO, GMO, you see? Because, you see, in socialism, which they all favored, of course, for a totalitarian world state, it's the best way to, to, to commandeer and rule the people, uh, then they, they want scientists and, and to be in charge of everything, including your food. Scientifically designed food, apparently, is better for you, you see. But, of course, we know it's killing us, but they know it too. But, you see, in the Nazi regime and the Soviet regime, they were more blunt about it. Bring them into camps, etc., work them to death, and kill them. You see? And then you dispose of them. What's a better way to do it? A better way is to bring it down slowly. And that's what was decided years ago when the, in the 1970s when Kissinger came out with his memorandum about population reduction because overpopulation was the major threat to the state and actually to the world. And he targeted those countries. He mentioned those countries that would, and, uh, that would have to come down. Well, how do you do it? But it also included the West, remember, because they planned a global society where there'd be massive uh, transit of immigrants from third world countries to the first world countries and so on. And they don't want any favorites, these elitists, these globalists. They see themselves as international citizens, citizens of the world, as Mr. Rockefeller calls it, since he hands out the certificates for those that are deemed worthy. So you... you Go for their food, again. You tell them to reduce their intake. Cut out the meat. You always want to cut out protein, always. And then you reduce what's left until they don't have a choice, you see. That's the world they're bringing in, standardization. And this has all been done in the days of Malthus, Thomas Malthus, and before Malthus wrote for the big companies and corporations of his time how to control plantations right down to the calorie intake basically and the types of food to, to feed the slaves just enough to make them work uh, get their jobs done uh, not too much energy they can walk away and run away at night uh, they wouldn't get farther too weak and lethargic but they'd get enough work done during the day and by, by old knowledge of particular foods to feed them and restrict them with 
they could also make them not too bright. When you're in a state of uh, basic survival and you're not getting great calorific intake and variety, your brain is affected too. You can't think very clearly. And so that's ideal. So the same techniques are used today. And how you do all the things that they wanted to do then? And why do you think, by the way, all the big boys have always been so fascinated by how the Soviet experiment, as they called it, went? And they studied it minutely and carefully. And why they were so uh, enamored by the Nazi regime, the efficiency of the Nazi regime. Efficiency really appeals to them, you see. Efficiency. How would you do it in a world today? Now remember, the man who's been appointed, the guy who wrote the book with uh, Paul Ehrlich uh, to do with bringing the populations down, sterilizing it, John Holdren, the science czar, is one of these characters. We should all be very afraid when you see them uh, in America lining up advising presidents. And we should be afraid when you have um, Mr. Tickle in and uh, Crispin Tickle in Britain advising Prince Charles and then advising the British government. These are basically Nazis or Soviets. It's the same thing, you see. There's no difference at all in the label you give them. You have to look at the symptoms and what they're promoting. How do you bring down people who are, have a better education and can think maybe a little bit clearer, clearer? Well, you do it by stealth. You don't tell the public you're bringing them down. That's how you do it. And as people die off with increasing cancers, etc., the people adapt to that, thinking, well, I guess it's just getting common that we're getting cancers. And young medical students are taught it's all quite natural now for everybody to come down with cancers. That's how easy it is. We adapt to everything. Because we're, we're waiting for answers, and they don't come. You see? So we simply adapt. So we were, we're brought down more slowly, but it's not slow enough as we hear the drum beats for saving the world, uh, don't breathe because you put out CO2, and all this stuff. What do you think this is all about, this big con game is all about? And remember, the Club of Rome dreamed up that con game of claiming it was going to be global warming. That would fit the bill to get everyone under the thumb. You see? A substitute for war. And so you do it through inoculation. And because we all have uh, different degrees of physiology, our systems are all, all a bit different, then other, some people will come down faster with the deadly thing in the inoculation than others. So we all don't all die off in the same day, basically. We don't want that. We'd all get you know, the, the wind up if we all started killing over at the same time. So you do it slowly through, uh, through long-term, long-term bio-warfare. And you know darn well at the top, is it, is they knew during the polio vaccine, they knew that the 40, uh, 100 odd simian viruses, live viruses, were in every jab that the children got. And Dr. Salk knew it, and all of his staff knew it. And they knew that the simian 40 virus would definitely bring cancer to most of them, some earlier than others. Back with more after these messages. And this is their, their own documentation. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth. I'm Alan Watts, and this is Cutting Through the Matrix. Just showing you how 
the same agenda continues generation after generation. George Orwell talked about this too when he, in 1948 when he wrote, or his book was published in 1984, it was actually published in 1948. And remember, he'd been picked uh, at university, I think Cambridge, as many of them were, Oxford and Cambridge, uh, to work for this global agenda. And he himself was indoctrinated into socialism. He was uh, a, a third, fourth generation of uh, British um, Home Office uh, diplomats, basically that's what their, their family were into. His dad was the, the, he was in charge of the Crown's opium fields in Burma. And the Crown's opium fields were owned by the Crown, a private corporation of royalty and their relatives, etc. So right into the 1930s, his father was working in that. The British public didn't even know that the British uh, Crown owned poppy fields for opium. They didn't even know that. There's a lot of things we're, we're not told about, you see, because we're living in a really different reality from the one that's indoctrinated into us. But going back to the story here, the Orwell knew that uh, eventually you would need a permit uh, to have a child, except that it was unauthorized. In his 1984, un unauthorized mating was an absolute no-no. You'd be killed for it. And we've heard the same stuff over the last hundred odd years or more, and, and definitely since the times of Darwin, because it's the same control freaks and the same movement that's behind this, you see, that became the Fabian Society, Royal Institute for International Affairs, Council on Foreign Relations, Milner Group, etc., all one, basically. So they always had the same targets of wiping out inferior types, the same list that Adolf Hitler had, etc., with a couple of uh, changes in it. And they've always gone for third world countries. Now we see this up and coming hype, massive hype about uh, mandatory inoculations to do with a flu. To, to be honest with you, I don't think even exists. I think the folk that are catching the flu, if it's there at all, it's the ordinary flu because they haven't been checking them where, in labs or anything. They're just looking at them and saying, oh, you've got the swine flu. Maybe it's because you, you oink a bit, I don't know. But uh, the World Health Organization is supposed to eventually be in control of the whole planet with mandatory laws. That's how it was set up to be. And they want these powers badly. Need a plague. They need a plague badly. So they played this up to the hilt. And before it was a, it was a bird flu. But that kind of flew away as well. Now it's the swine flu. Because we're in the days of pigs might fly. You see? And they love a good con. But if the con works, that's all they need. Now, they want you to take an untested flu vaccine. And we know the histories, I've put the links up there, and the documentaries made right during the times of the last supposed swine flu outbreak, where one person died, and it was the very first one that was reported, in a military base. Because that's where they test all this stuff out on first. And then they, then they, they paralyzed hundreds and hundreds of people, young people, with William Barr syndrome, etc. Attacks your neurons, destroys the myelin sheath around your nerves, etc. And... And then they stopped it, but this is after they damaged an awful lot of people. A lot of people died with strokes, etc. with them. And here they want to go again, giving you an untried vaccine for the same thing, supposedly. See? So there's a big con behind this because people are not killing over. And right now, there's, there's no mention of massive nurses, nurse or medical staff shortages because of the flu and them coming down with the flu. There's nothing happened, basically, in the hospitals. People aren't killing over because they're coming in contact with patients. 
So why is it mandatory that the medical staff must get the swine flu injection first? Now remember, this swine flu injection is based on this present, supposedly mild, if non-existent flu. The one they expected to, to come out and be a killer, they haven't made the vaccine yet for. So this present one would be useless. And since we don't need it, because this thing isn't going rampant and killing folk all over the place, why give you something? There's a con going on here. There's something else at work here. Definitely. You see, once a killer broke out, since it had mutated, you would need to get that, an actual vaccine made for that specific virus that's now mutated. An old one wouldn't do. Wouldn't do. Not standard medical teaching. So why are they lying about this? And trying to say, well, I'll help you if this thing mutates. Nonsense. That's total contradiction of what they teach you in medicine. You would need the one that's actually mutated and they get a vaccine for that one to have any effect at all. So there's a lot of nurses, nursing staff up in arms about it and don't want it, etc. But first, let's look at something else that they're doing to the third world countries. Bear in mind how I started off this talk, how the soap regime, the Nazi regime, both were faced with the same problems of standardizing their world, you see, and culling off the unwanted ones. It's always part of socialism. They might want to cull off. You see, we're under a Fabian socialism worldwide today. The United Nations is a, a Fabian socialist society set up by them and the Royal Institute of International Affairs and the Milner Group. That's who set up the League of Nations and then the United Nations. Same system. It's like following a disease. Look at the signs and the symptoms. And if they're all the same, then it's the same thing you're looking at. Quite simple. Basic detective work. Here's Yahoo News from August the 14th. Polio surge in Nigeria after vaccine virus mutates. And from the Associated Press, spoke by Maria Cheng, AP medical writer. It says, polio, the dreaded paralyzing disease stamped out in the industrialized world, is spreading in Nigeria. And health officials say in some cases it's caused by the vaccine used to fight it. Well, gee, what a shock, isn't it? In July, the World Health Organization issued a warning that the vaccine spread virus might extend beyond Africa. So far, 124 Nigerian children have been paralyzed this year, but twice those afflicted in 2008. The the polio problem is just the latest challenge to global health authorities trying to convince weary citizens that vaccines can save them from dreaded disease. This is a massive campaign on, and a lot of the African Nations are not falling for it. They know darn well what's going on, and they keep refusing all this supposed aid from the United Nations and UNICEF. This is for years, myths have abounded about vaccines. Myths, really, that they were the Western world's plan to sterilize Africans or give them AIDS. Oh, really? Really? They're myths, are they? The sad polio reality fuels misguided fears and underscores the challenges authorities face using a flawed vaccine. I wonder why the Africans are so suspicious. Here they are admitting at the start they've given them these oral vaccines. These are where they get a sure cube and drop a few drops of this vaccine on it. It's a live virus. And the virus supposedly is mutated. The one that they're giving them in the vaccine is now mutated. And it's killing them. And then they try to dispel it by saying, why are they so paranoid? Hmm, I wonder why. Nigeria and other 
poor nations use an oral polio vaccine because it's cheaper, easier, and protects entire communities. Really, it's doing a great job of protecting them. But it's made from a live polio, polio virus, albeit weakened, which, can't, which causes a, a small risk of causing polio for every million or so doses given. That's nonsense. It's a lot, it's a lot it's so smaller than for, one for every million. It's larger, I should say. And every, even rare instances, the virus in the vaccine can mutate into a deadlier version that ignites new outbreaks. Now, can you tie that in with this coming farce here of giving mass inoculations by law to all the Western countries? This is what's coming. So I hope you can still think and, and, and say, wait a minute here, that these scientists uh, are giving us all these different versions of things, including the fact that these things can kill you, and, and at the same time they tell you they want to protect you. Well, which is it? You know? Go by the data. You have to go into the data. Get the real horror stories, and my God, they're all horror stories. Down through the years since it started various injections, inoculations. It says here, the vaccine used in the United States and other Western nations is given in shots, which use a killed virus that cannot cause polio. By the way, it's not always true, because they used that back in the 60s in some European countries, including Britain. They gave it to the children there. They're all sure cubes with the drops in them. And they had awful effects then, too. But when they came down with polio, they called it uh, meningitis and encephalitis. Very clever, eh? Just change the term and no one connects it. So when World Health Organization officials discovered a polio outbreak in Nigeria was sparked by the polio vaccine itself, they assumed it would be easier to stop than a natural wild virus. They were wrong. In 2007, health experts reported that amid Nigeria's ongoing break of wild polio viruses, 69 children had also been paralyzed in a new outbreak caused by the mutation of a, vi- a vaccine's virus. Back then, the World Health Organization said the vaccine-linked outbreak would be swiftly overcome, yet two years later, cases continue to mount. Well, because they keep giving it out. That's why it continues. And guess who are the great people behind it? The same World Health Organization that's warning them are the same ones that are organizing the stuff to be distributed across Africa and India, by the way. Why are those two countries really particularly important to them, I wonder? So it says here, Nigeria resumed vaccinations in 2004 after test shows the vaccine was not contaminated with estrogen, anti-fertility agents, or HIV. Now, why was that mentioned there? Well, you see, the World Health Organization did give out free tetanus shots to millions of people in Africa, women only, and India, that had something in it, biowarfare, obviously, that went right to the ovaries, caused massive inflammation and sterilized the women. That's why that's mentioned there. But they don't tell the rest of the story here, do they? As it says, by omission, if you, if you omit information, you, you give the reader the wrong conclusion. This is done on purpose. Just like BBC not mentioning who comprised IG Pharma. Same thing. But when you look into the Oriole polio vaccine, you have the Bill Gates Foundation. Oh, that big philanthropist, you know, the guy who was shot up into stardom, the massive genius that gave us windows all by himself, all in his lonesome, utter rubbish. Rubbish. And now his job is to make everybody healthy as they kill them off. Kill them off. And why are they giving out live polio vaccines with, with viruses in them? Live viruses. Well, once you get this stuff in your system, you are the breeder. You take over from where the chicken was or the green monkey is 
Because that's what they use them for. They need a body to grow the stuff. You become the body, the fast breeder, the fast reactor, to grow the stuff. That's why. And that's who's giving all this stuff out, all these big philanthropists. Was it, was it they said, you know, Albert Pike said the same thing as Adam Weishaupt. They become philanthropists. That's how they take over the parallel governments. They would eventually advise governments, then order governments. You know, the experts, etc. And the big maker of these vaccines is Sanofi Pasteur, also called Aventi Sanofi. Who started up this company? It was a Rockefeller company based in France. Rockefeller. The man who's up on Google making a career, a lifetime's career, of telling us we've got to depopulate, we've got to depopulate, is in charge of this stuff. Oh, what a coincidence. You know, it was the same Aventi Sanofi Pasteur group in France that made the first flu virus just before and gave it out to the troops before they came back from World War I. It became the Spanish flu. Just a coincidence, though, isn't it? Isn't it, children? Isn't it? Amazing, eh? So the Nazi regime, the Soviet regime, and you tie that with Norman Dodds and the Rees Commission, where Congress set them to ground all the big foundations, you know, the philanthropists, to find out why they seem to be funding what seem to be communist or left-wing organizations. And Dodds was told, and his, his videos up on Google, he was told, our job is to change the culture so much in the West that they will have no problem merging the Soviet system with the Western system. That has happened. That's happened. It's done. It's done. And uh, I hope you're getting what I'm saying here to do with this particular supposed flu outbreak. And just before I go on to a caller here, it says here in Britain, The Guardian, Tuesday, 18th August, almost a third of nurses will refuse the offer of immunization against swine flu because they have fears about the vaccine's safety, according to a new survey. The initial response from frontline of the health groups or staff says one of the government's priority groups for vaccination this autumn was dismissed by the Department of Health, however, as irresponsible and ill-informed. So you see that it doesn't matter what you know about medicine. When things don't tally up and make sense in what you've been taught, and you become suspicious, the government's just going to overrule you and make you take it anyway. Now, New York State just uh, passed a law there that all, all staff, all medical staff, right down, I guess, to even the cleaners, are going to have to take this job, this uh, jab, or lose their jobs. There's blackmail in action. There's democracy in action for you. They're so keen to get everyone jabbed with this stuff, aren't they? And I thought, how would it go? How would it go if you put something in their bodies that brought down, brought on the actual symptoms of this flu itself? And the frontline staff go down with it. The hospitals would be chaos and mayhem. What would that appear like to the TV viewer? That's all that matters, how things appear. Well, they'd be panicking and wanting the shot. They'd all run up and get the shots. Can't go to hospitals. They're all dead. They're all dying. Whoever's in this shot, I think, is going to do incredible damage. I think that's the whole intent of it. And they also want to give you three jabs. They also want to give you the common uh, flu that's going around and something else and the supposed swine flu shot. The very thing you would not do, they don't want done, they said, is for the common flu 
to mutate and join into the swine flu in a host and become a killer. Why would you, in that case, why would you want to give them the common flu shot and the swine flu into the same body, the average person? This is what I'm saying. <clears throat> you never do that in medicine unless you wanted awful results. Unless you're aiming and hoping for awful results. Because that's exactly what they're doing. Back with more after these messages. This is Alan Watt, and we're cutting through the matrix. Okay, back onto this article on uh, the Guardian to do with the staff refusing or not wanting to get this jab here. It says, of those who said they would not get vaccinated, 60% told Nursing Times that their reluctance was due to concerns about the safety of the vaccine. 31% of them responded said they did not consider the risks to their health from swine flu to be great enough because nothing's happening. You see? 9% 9% that they would not be able to take the time out of work to be immunized. That's well, I'm getting desperate for that one. Just go sick with something else. One respondent told the magazine, I've had the seasonal flu vaccination three times, and each occasion was very, very poorly for several days afterwards. It can give you flu-like symptoms, which in other words gives you the flu, which in my case were bad enough to put me in my bed. But the health department said there were many misconceptions that needed to be addressed. So we're, all, we're all just stupid, you see. If you can't figure out all these conflicting reports, we're just stupid, you see, so they'll tell you what to think. Misconceptions, just like the Africans having all these misconceptions and paranoia about all the free stuff they're given by the Bill Gates Foundation, the World Health Organization, etc., and UNESCO, you know, that handed all these, these uh, live vaccine cubed sugars out to them to give them polio. I don't know why we have all these misconceptions when they're only trying to help us. This is, um, it was unfortunate that nurses could knowingly leave themselves at risk. Well, they've been working with people supposedly for the last, what, eight months that supposedly had the swine flu or maybe had it and possibly have had it, and they didn't all drop dead with it either. They didn't catch it. So what's all the hype about? There's something else in the works here, obviously. Obviously. And I love the, the propaganda, or you'll put them all at risk if you don't get the shot. Well, Technically, all those who've got the shot would be safe, even if you didn't get it. See, there's the truth of it. If they have such faith in it, all those around you who've had the shot and you haven't had the shot, they've got nothing to fear from you because they're protected, right? So all those ads they put out on TV in Canada, it's famous for it. If you don't get the shot, you could put others at risk. It's rubbish. If they've all had the shot, they should be perfectly safe from you, right? But then logic and truth doesn't matter when it comes to propaganda and agendas, does it? No, it doesn't. And that's what this is all about. It's all propaganda for agendas. Socialism always comes in to announce itself with a big bang, and they love a lot of killing. A lot of killing. And their MO is always the same. Reduce consumption. You're just living too well. You might say, talk about the swine flu, too high on the hog. Hmm. Lots of music coming in for tonight's show That's the end of it So from Hamish myself Hamish is my pooch In Ontario, Canada Good night and may your God or your gods go with you